Just Thrive Probiotic is the first and only 100% all-natural spore-form DNA verified and tested probiotic supplement. What is spore-form DNA? Well, spores are created by various bacteria to protect themselves against harsh environments. So the fact that Just Thrive uh, uses spore-form DNA and spore-form bacteria means that these bacteria are going to survive the stomach acid and go to your colon and your lower digestive system, where is where they're supposed to go, and help you out and increase their effectiveness. So I think it's a fantastic thing that they have spore-form bacteria as part of their probiotic. It's the subject of uh, groundbreaking clinical studies, and Just Thrive has demonstrated incomparable effects on the gut and undeniable connection to the immune system and brain. So Just Thrive, out of the goodness of their hearts, uh, they're offering my listeners 15% off site-wide. So if you go to justthrivehealth.com today, put in the code GENIUS15 to get advantage of uh, incredible savings and learn more. And I just got some in the mail as a thank you from Just Thrive, and I'm, I took my first two tonight, and I'm looking forward to seeing the effects. So again, go to justthrivehealth.com today. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1%. A real Jesus. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Quick note about the foundation. We're in the middle of our project to uncover as many treatments for anxiety and depression and PTSD as possible, uh, we're having our researchers go through, you know, peer-reviewed papers, lectures, books, uh, et cetera, to piece together, again, as much info as possible, make it as a low-cost resource for people that suffer from anxiety and depression. So any interest from listeners, please go to FindingGeniusFoundation.org. We could use your help, donations, and volunteering. Uh, today, I have Danny Granick. He's the CEO and co-founder of Bristle. Uh, it's an at-home oral microbiome test. So, Danny, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, tell me about uh, your background. How did you get into the world of the microbiome and uh, into Bristle? Yeah, so um, my my background was originally in biochemistry, kind of on the, the physical side, chemistry side of things. So I was much more math-oriented, um, spent about three and a half years in, in the lab in undergrad, and you know, as I was going through research, I found myself a lot more interested in the applications and, and kind of the commercialization of what I was working on than necessarily the, uh, the experiments themselves. And that kind of pushed me towards the commercial side of biotechnology. I grew up in San Diego, um, so there was always kind of that environment. And coming out of school, I ended up working at Illumina, uh, which is you know the well-recognized behemoth in, in genomics and sequencing, so that that really exposed me to basically every application for genomics under the sun. You know everything from oncology to NIPT to rare undiagnosed genetic disease. And were uh, you were you running sequencing machines to look for SNPs and other stuff? Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's genetic sequencing technology, basically the underlying technology that the majority of genomics companies use to generate the raw data. Okay, so you were working for them, and then what happened? Yeah, it was a, kind of a serendipitous series of events. I ended up moving to San Francisco, lived there for the last four years, and my now co-founder, Brian, had 
moved up around the same time. We were at a pitch competition at UCSF and had kind of heard a few pitches around gut microbiome sequencing. And, you know, we had worked with a a variety of those kinds of companies and we were sitting there kind of thinking like how many of these companies are going to pop up. And Brian, uh, by chances, this, uh, I would say this cliche kind of person where he's religious about oral hygiene. And every time he goes to the dentist, he inevitably has a cavity and he happened to have a dental appointment the next day. And, you know, as he was talking about that, it really just clicked between the two of us that we could kind of retool and repurpose the the microbiome sequencing applications that we'd become really familiar with and instead look at oral health and care. And that kind of set us off on what ended up being, I think, a year to a year and a half of, of customer discovery. And then we started the company officially last October. Okay. And what's the premise of the company? What's the goal? Yeah, so Bristle really helps people understand and improve their oral health. So we take a user's saliva and we analyze it looking at the oral microbiome, the makeup of bacteria, fungi, and viruses that reside in the oral cavity. And we have developed um, signatures related to oral health status. So we take this really complex genomic data and we boil it down into some very simple scores uh, to help people understand their oral health and incorporate clinical and behavioral risk factors related to cavities, gum disease, and bad breath. And that allows us to then provide them with personalized recommendations around things like diet, hygiene, and oral care products. And the really big innovation here is uh, the dental industry has revolved around using physical symptoms as a method for diagnosing disease. So we go to the dentist and we get an x-ray or we get an observational screening and they're looking for the presence or the severity of tooth decay or the amount of blood coming from your gums. Uh, but using the oral microbiome, we can really look at the causal uh, pathogenic bacteria that are driving the disease and detect it a lot earlier, oftentimes before visible symptoms have manifested. So what are you looking for? The presence of certain species or what does the test do? Yeah, uh, so there's... I think there's over 700 characterized uh, species of bacteria that are present in in the oral microbiome. On average, we each have around 200, so our assay characterizes all 200 of those. And a subset have been causally related to uh, the onset of cavities and periodontal disease. So our assay detects those bacteria if they're in your oral cavity, their relative abundance, and then we use that to convey oral health status uh, for those indications. Yeah, but how there's there's many different microbiomes in the mouth. Under the tongue may be different from on the outside of the lower teeth or the roof or the cheek or the, you know. So how do you know when someone's, let's say, doing a swab or a spit test that you're getting the representative microbiomes and you know the constituency of each? Yeah, we did a lot of clinical testing in our lab um, to develop the assay. It's, it, we've shown that getting a, a saliva sample, especially a direct saliva sample compared to something like a oral rinse, gives a a really good baseline for the comprehensive oral microbiome. We're not accurate enough to say, you know, you have this abundance of pathogenic bacteria bacteria around this tooth, but because our assay is so sensitive and we're focused on really that primary oral care piece, uh, we can detect a lot of these pathogenic bacteria, again, before they've had a chance to cause damage and, and implement some preventive measures from there. But again, which of the microbiomes in the mouth are you sampling? What have you found? Well, when you do a saliva sample, you're really pulling from a bunch of different environments. So we, we get 
a mixture. It's, it's kind of a generalized representation of the oral microbiome of each individual environment. Well, you having someone use like um, a mouthwash or, you know, something as a carrier, swishing it around and then spitting, or they just saying spitting on their own? No, so it's, a, it's a, a raw saliva sample. Mouthwash, it might help. Yeah, we found that the raw saliva sample actually gives a better representation than a mouthwash. Okay, and it represent any of the microbiomes in the mouth, or does it? Does it it's a it's a general sampling of them equally. Yeah, it's a general sampling of the oral microbiome, so it's not going to be specific to any particular environment. But there are microbes that are more suited and native to certain environments in the mouth, so we're going to be building in those kinds of localized insights in the assay. But again, it's not it's not a specific swab around a single tooth. It's a it's a general picture of the status of your oral microbiome and oral health. So what are you looking for and what does it tell you? So we're looking, I, you know, again, we have a pretty comprehensive assay. So uh, in terms of generating the species of bacteria, we're not pre-selecting or, or screening for any bacteria in particular. But in the data set, we're looking for specific bacteria that are causally related to the onset of cavities and periodontal disease and halitosis. So bacteria that produce uh, certain compounds kind of sulfur-based compounds that cause a, a bad odor. And we get down to the species level, we take the relative abundance, and that correlates to a potential risk for those indications. So in the case of cavities causing bacteria, these are species of bacteria that are acetogenic. Based on the relative abundance in, in the specific species that you have, you may be more at risk for the onset of a cavity, uh, whereas somebody with less abundance of those species or you know, no species at all, ideally, is at, at less risk. So is this done before someone eats or after? Like, what are the things that can confound the sampling? Yeah, so food can confound it. We advise our users, the best time to do it is really first thing in the morning before you brush your teeth or, or eaten anything. So we advise them to just put it next to their nightstand and do it first thing when they wake up. Otherwise, as long as you stop eating, you know, 30 minutes, eating, drinking, smoking, anything like that, that could confound the sample 30 minutes before uh, providing your saliva, we found that the results are pretty consistent. To give your body the important immune support it needs so you can feel your absolute best, get your gut in order with Just Thrive Probiotic. Uh, very nice of them. They're offering 15% off for listeners all across their website. So go to justthrivehealth.com and put in the code GENIUS15. You can take advantage of incredible savings and learn more about their products. All right. And again, what are you looking for? So when someone gets a test result, what do you tell them to do and how and why? Yeah. So the test results uh, basically break down all of the bacteria that are related to cavities and in, in the relative abundance, uh, periodontal disease and halitosis. And then we'll match those with respective recommendations around dietary dietary changes oral hygiene changes, as well as specific oral care products to mitigate the onset of those pathogenic bacteria. Uh, so, you know, for somebody who might be extremely high risk for periodontal disease, we'll, we'll deliver different recommendations than somebody who, who is high risk for cavities. And for the latter, we might recommend, you know, depending on what their lifestyle choices are, reducing sugar intake or acidic food intake, um, using xylitol chewing gum after meals, uh, things like that. I heard there's a trade-off between someone that's predisposed to cavities versus someone that built up a lot of tartar. What's your observation? Are there trade-offs and can you send someone in the wrong direction in terms of their oral microbiome health if they are, you know, skewed in some way to begin with? In terms of tartar buildup, like what, what are you describing as a trade-off there? 
Well, I've heard that people that tend to get cavities don't tend to have as much tartar buildup. And people that rarely or never get cavities tend to, for some reason, get a lot more calcification, you know, around the bottoms of teeth. So I've heard that there's a trade-off. I don't know if you observed that and if it shows up in the microbiome constituents. Yeah, I haven't observed the trade-off. I mean, I think that, you know, one one thing that we have seen in this may be related to what you read is uh, periodontal disease causing bacteria are uh, some of the main kind of plaque inducers and obviously plaque can harden into calculus or tartar over time. And there is uh, a battle for real estate in the oral microbiome between those various pathogenic bacteria. So it, it may be possible that somebody who has reduced tartar uh, may have higher abundance of cavities causing bacteria because they're taking up more real estate versus somebody who has a lot of plaque buildup. And that may be related to a higher abundance of periodontal disease pathogenic bacteria. Well, what have you observed in people? I'm sure you have some customers that never have cavities and they're like 30, 40 years old. Some people like the whole, whole mouth is riddled with cavities at like 10 years old or 20 years old. What's the difference in terms of microbiome constituency? Yeah, I mean, the main difference is that there is a, a much higher relative abundance of those cavities causing bacteria in the oral microbiome. We've seen a, a very um, direct correlation. It, I would say it, we haven't really observed a, a correlation with the amount of tartar um, present in the mouth being related to somebody's risk for cavities or not. What about nose breathers versus mouth breathers, people that are chronically have sinusitis, where they have to breathe through their mouth all the time? What other uh, correlations have you discovered? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of representative of a bigger pattern that we've seen in oral health, which is there's a lot of clinically observed correlation. So, uh, you know, if you talk to, to any dentist, I'm sure that they would tell you that they see a higher incidence of oral disease for people who only breathe through their nose um, than people who don't, or, you know, whatever other behavioral uh, behavioral choice you want to throw in there. But I think, you know, a lot of it hasn't been looked at from the microbial level. These are all things that we're investigating as a company. We have a pretty comprehensive intake survey, so we're going to be doing retrospective data analysis. I will say, you know, there are certain uh, pre-existing medical conditions that can predispose somebody to having higher acidic acidity in their saliva, and that can predispose them to more favorably progressing the onset of, of cavities causing bacteria. And, you know, those kinds of patients may experience more cavities in their life. There's an autoimmune disorder called Shorgan syndrome. And one of the symptoms of the disease is dry mouth. And we know that in patients with dry mouth, you can often have higher acidity. It's, it's more favorable for pathogenic bacteria and they experience higher rates of oral disease, but it hasn't been investigated at, at the microbial level, at least to my knowledge. And that's something that we're really pioneering. Again, someone that breathes through their nose predominantly, I would think they'd have more anaerobic bacteria in their mouth than someone that breathes through their mouth constantly. And their mouth is exposed to outside air. I don't know if you've been able to uncover that, if it has any bearing. We haven't uncovered it yet. But again, it's it's something, you know, we've seen clinical studies that have looked at uh, people who exclusively breathe through their nose and the the incidence of oral disease, but it hasn't, to my knowledge, and we haven't looked at it at the microbial level yet. But I would assume, you know, again, causally related, there would be a higher relative abundance of uh, pathogenic bacteria in those kinds of patients. And, you know, I think the exciting thing about the platform is that we can always ask these questions to our users and then retrospectively look at the data and, and derive those correlations or those connections.
What about for uh, diabetes? It sounds like it would be very useful if someone could do a swab of their cheek or mouth and you could tell if they're, you know, pre-diabetic or diabetic. A hundred percent. And again, these are, you know, these are all questions that have been, I think, clinically recognized as having some kind of connection, but there hasn't been a ton of research done at the microbial level to understand a mechanistic relationship. I think, you know, maybe the best example, one of my personal favorite examples is what we've seen between periodontal disease and Alzheimer's. Uh, There was a paper that came out a few years ago that identified P. gingivalis, one of the keystone pathogens in, in the onset of periodontal disease. They discovered it in the brains of Alzheimer's patients. They identified a protein that it produces, gingipanes, that was implicated in the production of amyloid beta and tau proteins. And we've, I think three therapeutic companies have been uh, founded to target gingipanes as that primary therapeutic target. So, you know, I think there there has to be a lot more research done. There's a lot of clinical anecdotes, a lot of symptomatic correlative studies that have been published, but I would say from a molecular standpoint, it it hasn't been investigated enough. And, and that was a big driving force for using our assay in the company and establishing the company in the first place. So what are the primary reasons or outcomes or things to avoid based on the results of the assays? Like why do people take your test? What are they looking for? Yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons. I mean, we've seen from from our initial customers it can be anything as simple as I, I've been avoiding the dentist for four years and I would love to get a window into my oral health status to, to understand if I should go in or not to uh, I have chronic periodontal disease and I have invasive procedures that I've been getting every three months and I'm looking for some kind of remote monitoring system and recommendations that fall outside of the dentist telling me I'll see you in three months for your next procedure. You know, I think kind of pulling it back out to dental care today. It's an incredibly reactive standard of care. Um, We basically have no insight into our oral health until we go into the dental office. We detect disease when it's physically manifested and progressed. And then we do really reactive and invasive procedures to to remove the disease tissue or uh, physically kind of clean the plaque off of your teeth. And again, there's nothing kind of in between those appointments. The only advice that we tend to get is fresh and floss more. And what we're trying to do is really reimagine the way that we approach oral health from first principles and look at the causal drivers of oral disease and get ahead of them with some really easy behavioral lifestyle oral care product recommendations that are clinically shown to be effective. Okay. All right, Danny. Well, very good. What, what's the best way for people to order the kits? Do they have to do it through their dentist? Can they do it on their own? You know, where do they go? Yeah, it's a direct-to-consumer kit. Uh, so anybody can come to bristlehealth.com and place an order. So the website is what, bristlehealth.com? Yes. Okay. And then uh, last question, what are you, what are you theorizing that uh, will be known maybe in the next three to five years? You know, if you continue with your experimentation, what are you trying to figure out? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll continue to, to establish the connection between oral and overall health. And, you know, it sounds obvious um, when you think about us being a single whole organism and everything's interconnected. But I think that there's been this there's been this tendency to overlook oral health and see the mouth as this entirely separate component. Uh, and I think that a lot of the studies, especially the ones with regards to Alzheimer's, have produced some really exciting data. But uh, I think we'll continue to generate a lot of empirical evidence connecting oral health status to other systemic indications and manifestations. I would love to see 
us uh, develop signatures related to oral cancer, related to the mismanagement or early onset of diabetes. And I think that it it's all there. We just need to generate the data and find the answers. Okay, then. Well, very good. Thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. And sounds like there's a lot more to figure out, but uh, I'm glad you're on the trick on the case. So thank you for coming. All right, thanks. Remember, before you go, the easiest thing you can do to support your immune system and your gut health is to check out Just Thrive Probiotic. Go to their website, justthrivehealth.com, and use the promo code GENIUS15 at checkout. You get 15% off. Thank you, Just Thrive. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.